Hello, and welcome to the Kosh. I am your host, Timber Smith, and let me just say once again, it is a gorgeous, gorgeous weekend day. Um, sun's out. I'm trying to figure out what I should do with this day. Y'all know I like to give you a report uh, just to let you know. Uh, and you know, th- this morning, you know what's on my mind? I'll tell you what's on my mind. Farmers market burritos. I so need one of these burritos. I'm over here. I'm trying to coax the wife and going to make the run, take a field trip on behalf of the family and go bring back some of these farmer's market burritos before they are no longer available. So that, that is where my mind is this morning. Um, and if you are a regular Kosh listener, you should already know there is no surprises there. So um, the Kosh is a podcast that spotlights people who have had an association with Oshkosh or the surrounding Fox Valley area. Um, and you know what I'm going to say, y'all. Once again, I have an amazing guest. Super excited. Actually, beyond excited this week for this guest just because um, we got some history. We share great energy. And um, I know this episode is about to be fire so super excited about that and so without further ado this week's guest is katie husky did i pronounce that right you got it oh you know what that's one of the few times if you if you really follow episodes like i slaughter names left and right (laughs) even people that i know like i might have been saying that name wrong this whole our whole time you know what why don't people correct people right on names i don't know i don't know if we get embarrassed or like don't want to sound stupid that's probably it no man ain't nothing wrong just be like hey man just so you know like uh you know you know what i'm not gonna lie i don't do it to people either oh yeah if i don't know how to pronounce your name i'm gonna ask you I do do that, like, at the very beginning. Yeah. Like, if it looks difficult to say, I usually ask. Mm-hmm. But what tends to happen with episodes is we talk about everything about the enunciation <laughs> of one's name. And then we just jump in, and then I'm already trying to say it. And then, then, well, you yeah. nailed mine. Okay. Fabulous. Fabulous. Okay. So, Katie. Can you please share a little something about yourself? And uh, what is your connection to the cash. Yeah. Um, first of all, I'm really excited to be here. Uh, you know, you've been working on me for a while to, get, to finally come on down. Facts. <laughs> to come Facts, on y'all. down I'm going to tell Oshkosh. you, look, look I've, been, I've been asking. This ain't new. <laughs> this ain't new. No. Yes. It's not. I get it. So I'm finally here. So I'm, I'm super excited about it. Um, yeah, my connection to Oshkosh. I went to school in Oshkosh. I, I did my bachelor's program and then my master's program. Um, and then I worked at Oshkosh for a while, and that's where I got to meet you. Um, I was the campus victim advocate for several years at UW Oshkosh. Um, I worked with students who were victims and survivors of uh, sexual assault, domestic violence. Um, I, I help with a myriad of advocacy type things. Um, I worked, I actually worked for Reach Counseling Services out of Nina, and my, like, house was UW Oshkosh. It's where I, my office was, and I showed up every day. So, I absolutely love that work. 
now I actually live and work in Appleton. I own my own private practice. I'm a licensed clinical social worker, and I own a therapy practice. I uh, primarily work with trauma. Can we go on and get that plug? What is the name <laughs> yes. of this therapy practice? Uh, my therapy practice is Purple Lotus Counseling. Um, I'm off of uh, Longview in Appleton, off Northland. Um, yeah, I primarily work with trauma. I do a lot of really, a lot of really heavy work, but it's it's stuff that I'm super passionate about. Um, I work a lot with marginalized populations, people of color, the trans community, um, other LGBTQIA identifying folks. Um, I work a lot with a lot with women. It's uh, definitely where my passion is. That's, you know, we need it so bad, mm-hmm. but oh god, that sounds heavy. Yeah. Like, like it, like I'm just being real, like 100. percent Like uh, yeah. I, we need it. And what I really appreciate about what you do and the fact that you exist in this region is um, we need counselors for people of color. Yeah, we do. Because, um, you know, uh, that, uh, our trauma might look a little different. What, how, how we're dealing with life might feel a little different. What our, what our problems are that we're facing might be a little different. So it's nice to have somebody... You know, I love a good counselor. I'm not discounting a great counselor. A great counselor is a great counselor, but still, sometimes when you can share space and lens, it makes a huge difference about how it's how you help the person process. Because I mean, isn't that what counseling is? You're really helping a person process. You don't give them the answers, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it isn't my job to have the answers, but it is my job to be a mirror um, and to hold space, right? And so. When somebody walks in the room and they they see me and they look like me, to be able to be a mirror for them is really therapeutic and healing. Um, You know, I can't ever say that I understand what everybody is going through or what someone's lived experience is, but I do think that representation matters. And I think I mentioned this a little bit later too, but representation is a huge part of the healing process. And we were greatly lacking people of color in my field. So at least in, in, in this area. Okay. Let me just ask, um, are there any other identities you want to share with us today here at the Kosh? Um, you know, I do believe, uh, mom might be a badge, uh, that you hold or anything else you'd like to share. Yeah, I am a mom. I, I have two boys. Um, I don't know. I don't know how we do this. Um, my oldest is 18 now and Woo! in college. Bruh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did he go to college this year? Yeah, yeah. That's fab. Yeah. He, he's going, he wants to be a welder. Um, so he's he's out there doing the dang thing. Um, but it's mind-blowing to me. I can't, I don't understand how this is happening to me. <laughs> <laughs> How did I? How did I get this old? <laughs> wait, wait. That's not getting old. That's just that's it. Look, you, that's what you want. You want the experiences. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, but childrens do add a couple of gray hairs. They do. Just a few. A few. Yeah, and then we have a fifteen-year-old too, um, and he's a sophomore, Appleton East. So doing the doing the mom thing. Um, also married. Married almost 19 years this year. Mm-hmm. Woo! 
Hey, that's a big deal. It's been a long time. That's a big deal. Yeah. You know, you put in that time. That's a big deal. It is. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. I was just um I was just reading this article. Like I always commend people I think that have been in, in marriages for a really long time. Uh, you know, and I come from a family where uh there were long marriages in there. Um but I was just reading this article and like uh it was like a psych in a journal, like a psychology journal, and they're talking about the new trend of, they call them gray divorces. What? Where people, the actually the highest rate of divorce right now is in the 50 and over, from hmm. 50 to 70. And that Interesting. Bl- it blew me away, and they're like, there's people, you know, when sometimes now when people have been together and maybe it wasn't, it doesn't click, click, and there's financial security in place, people are choosing their lives their own lives to move forward and and I was just like it kind of just caught me off guard because I'm I don't know maybe I'm old school in my thinking but my thinking says look I don't got to know you I ain't trying to get to know no one else (laughs) 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 this took a minute yeah this this took a minute Mm -hmm. so you know I'm I'm just I think we just gone and and sit in these recliners together and be old yeah (laughs) not trying to start over yeah yeah. Mm -mm, no thank you but I wonder if that's like a like that generation finally got permission right to like evaluate their lives and to evaluate whether this person is their person right you know i i kind of like what you're saying with the they feel like they finally have permission because maybe because of societal expectation Mm -hmm. they didn't feel like that so they were just sitting in i don't know but i i just found the you know, hey, look, Kosh listeners, don't get no ideas out there. I ain't trying to put in a, I'm not trying to put no energy into the earth. I'm just trying to say I read this article. <laughs> but, uh, and it was just fascinating. So, yeah, yeah, I could see that. Well, you know, maybe because of the direction that we've headed societally, maybe they're just, there's an understanding like you're not obligated right. to just stay in it to stay in it. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's deep. Yeah. Okay. You ready for the first thing? Yeah, let's make let's do it. All right. Oh, here comes Bosco the podcast dog doing naughty things. He's trying to literally break into the door, y'all. <laughs> y'all already know. Um, first segment is what in the world is going on with? This is your opportunity where you start with the phrase what in the world is going on with and you tell us what is on your mind. So, Katie, what do you got? All right, I got a light one for this. Uh-oh. But it bugs me. Oh. I mean, like, you know, little bugs me. Bruh. What in the world is with people not liking pickles? <laughs> <laughs> Bruh. <laughs> okay, you're going to have to break that one down. I, he I, really wants in this As You know, I'm totally going to go get him. Okay. let him in. That podcast dog wanted to hear about pickles. He did. Well, mm-hmm. you know, he's Bosco the podcast dog. So <laughs> that was me literally taking a break to go let him in because he's Bosco. And hey, we need him around, you know? He is. Hey, look, <laughs> he's an important he's an important part of the show. But 
Pickles. Pickles. What's up with people not liking pickles? I, I don't understand. I, I have a girlfriend who, like, despises pickles. And I forget this every time I see her. And I I love I love them. I love them. I love all things pickled. Um, Me too. I made, I made a batch of pickled carrots. Have you ever had them? Bruh. What? Oh, I should have brought you a can. Next time, I will bring you a can of pickled carrots. They're so delicious. Have you ever had pickled green beans? Yes. Okay. Look, I'm I'm all about all things pickled in in conjunction in marriage with Bloody Marys. Yes. So now you're speaking my language. You know what I call those? No. Breakfast salads. Facts. Right? Oh my god, yes. You're welcome. Yes. You're welcome. I'm you know, I'm gonna use that terminology, mm-hmm. breakfast salads. I'm gonna say, Hey babe, can we have yeah. a breakfast salad? Exactly. It does sound so right? much better. You got, your, you got all Mary. your veggies, right? Like yes. your veggies in a cup. It yes. is a, it's a salad. It's a great start to the day. Mm-hmm. Your dressing's the vodka. Mm. It's perfect. Never thought about it like that. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Bruh. <laughs> but yeah, so this whole not liking pickles thing is weird to me. Um, I don't understand it. But, I mean, I'll be your friend because you're just going to, like, take your pickles off your burger and give them to me. So, I guess it's all right. But Facts. When the world is up with that. Mm. Bruh. I, you got me on that one. <laughs> I, I have no idea. Um, because I'm kind of like you. Like, how can you not like pickled stuff? I don't understand. It's like, and I like salty. Yeah. All things pickled. Just Come pickle on. it. I'd rather, most things aren't even good unless they're pickled. Yeah. Right? You know? Seriously. Right? Yeah. Um, I'm with you. I mean, I, I like cucumbers, but what am I going to put on it? Salt. Mm. So why not just pickle them and make them pickles? You have brilliant logic. <laughs> Thank you. I, I'm feeling it. Okay, okay. What's so, what's up with your what's in the world is going on? All right. So what in the world is going on with people believing that scorpion peppers aren't hot? Who believes that? Matter of fact, let me just say it like this. What in the world is going on with people thinking hot things ain't hot? Mm. Because that's just craziness. So let me let me me just go on. I got to give y'all, Kosh listeners, I got to give you the, the, there is a story, but I have to give you the backstory before I give you the story story. So that's how you know it's good. That's good. Okay, fill us in. All right. So at the beginning of this year's gardening season, every year we plant a garden. Me and the wife, we've been doing this for a really long time now. We plant what is needed to make salsa. That yeah. is our thing, right? We tomato, tons of tomatoes, and, and, and really it's all about tomatoes and peppers. You know, we buy the onions and all that, but the rest grow in the garden, right? This year, my wife was like, hey, just so you know, I bought some special peppers. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> no. What'd you get? And she goes, well, I got some, they had some scorpions and some North Carolina reapers and stuff like that. And, and, you know, here was my thought process. I was like, oh, that's all fine and dandy. You bought them. But I really didn't think they were going to grow. Oh. Yeah. Like, because you know what? It, it was constant weather. I'm not sure if Wisconsin weather was really going to let them grow, grow yeah. in the garden. Right. So I was like, okay, it's cool. You bought them. I was just assuming like they might produce a pepper here or a pepper there, but they weren't going to produce, produce. So I come home one day. Right. And usually me and the wife, we, we make 
the first batch of salsa together. You know, she peels the tomatoes, I chop stuff up, we do it. But I was pretty busy with work, so she went ahead and just did it, right? Because it is kind of therapeutic. Sure. It takes your mind. Mm-hmm. And so I come home from work one day, and the minute I come in the back door, I can't breathe. <laughs> it's just fuming. It's like, <laughs> like it was serious, serious. Like, it, it was that, and it wasn't like... It was that, it felt, look, y'all know that I served a little time in the military. It was almost like being CS gassed. Uh, it was serious, serious. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, what is going on? And then so walk in, I see she's making salsa. Now, like, we've had this before, but this level of flame, of fume, was different. <laughs> this was different. It on a whole other level. Another level. Mm-hmm. Right. So I was like, okay, no worries. I come in, I peek it out and she's got it. She's jarred it and she left me. She always leaves me a little bit in the bowl so I can taste test the batch. So I was like, all right, cool. Like I was excited about it. Right. I I didn't put two and two together. I just figured, you know, some really strong peppers. I know we go for it sometimes, you know, and here's the funny thing. She makes this salsa. She does not eat any of it. Oh, really? Yeah, that's right. She didn't like it. Well, it's not that she did. It just ain't her. Okay. Right? But she loves to make it. And it's it's our thing. Okay. Right? So I grab a chip, go over to the bowl, one chip. I bite it, and I told her, this ain't right. <laughs> this ain't right. Bruh. And, and wait, now I do hot. I do hot, hot. Okay. Right? Hot, hot, hot. But this, this was not right. One chip. And I said, baby, you're going to have to, you're going to have to mark these jars. You're going to have to mark these jars. And I was like, what did you do? So then she brings over the bowl of peppers and I'm looking at the peppers and I was like, these are scorpions. (laughs) These are rapers. These like, normally we got some jalapenos, habaneros, um, 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 so, uh, Serranos, you know, mm-hmm. like we, we do it, we do, sure. we do it well, but this, this, yeah. and I'm looking at this and this is a whole bowl of these. <laughs> and I was like, along with Serranos, jalapenos and habaneros. And like, when we throw peppers in, we throw peppers in. Yeah. She did you dirty. <laughs> well, that, I, I didn't even consider it doing me dirty. Cause I know what she was doing. She just made the batch. Yeah. She just did what she do. Right. But it let me know. Oh, this is serious. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's the backstory. Okay. So she grabs some jars because part of the whole salsa thing is we like to give them away. Give okay. them away to some people, you know, mm-hmm. she's got her people that where she works at. Um, and they always, you know, we've been giving away salsa for years and people love this salsa. We, we've got this down to a science and people ask for it year after year. And the rule is we'll give you a new jar of salsa the next year if you give us back the jar from the year before. Beautiful. Well, you know, there's got to be rules to the game. Mm, that's right. Bruh. So, so she goes to give away a jar to one of her bosses and she takes in a bag of peppers. Not the not the not the kind of hot peppers, some of these scorpions and whatnot. Yeah, I know. So, why? Rule number one is this: you already know what's gonna happen. Because if you put them out there, someone is gonna say, "I'm gonna offer you money <laughs> if you will eat one of these." 
ladies. Yeah. Rule number one is never do it. Never. 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 If somebody's offering you, if it's more than twenty dollars, there's pain and suffering usually associated with whatever the bet is. Mm-hmm. This is true. Uh, it's just facts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she goes that this person goes ahead and decides like I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna take a bite of this scorpion. <laughs> now, first of all, my wife works early in the morning. UPS. Uh huh. And so we're talking early, early in the morning. Ooh, that's, you know, ooh, that's a we're we talking pre-5 a.m. You know. Why did they decide that they was going to go ahead and bite that scorpion? For the money. That, that, look, there's no pain. Look, they said the, the beads instantly built up on the forehead. The stomach <laughs> turned up. They needed to almost puke. They almost passed out. Oh, my. Don't do it. Mm-mm. Don't do it. Not gonna catch me doing it. Mm-mm. No, so, thank you. But okay, so but who thinks that these aren't hot? That, that's what to me. If you gonna go ahead and bite them, you don't think it's hot enough. Uh, I know better. Mm-hmm. Like I know a couple of things. Like I like hot things, but you know what I don't do? I never go into a restaurant that does hot things and say, "Give me the hottest thing you got." That's a mistake. Oof. Never. Like, you don't go to Buffalo Wild Wings and get the top of that chart. That's not right. No. Nope. Those are wrong. Yep. You know what you don't do? You don't go into a Thai restaurant and tell them you want hot. Because Thai hot is a different it's hot. It's a whole different level. Yeah, that's 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 a different mm, hot. I'll get you messed up. That's right. You don't go into a Mexican restaurant and tell them. I want the hottest sauce you got. Because you know what? This is the, and you know the difference. You know how when it's the difference? When it's not the sauce that's prepackaged, mm-hmm. when it ain't already put in the little plastic cup for you with a cover. And when they come with something that they were like, oh, no, nah, we, we we gave you the special stuff. You, you, you going to hurt a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. You're going to regret that. Yes. So. Then we, so that that's the first story. Oh my! There's another hot story. Oh boy! So then this is the, so then somebody decided they're gonna eat a jar of that salsa. The whole jar? Well, I don't, I don't think they probably made it past two or three chips, because you know it was hot, hot, mm-hmm. not hot, 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 hot. And we got messages from them. <laughs> we got messages saying. Good God, what is this? <laughs> I'm going to have to put my toilet paper in the freezer. <laughs> Bruh. I just had a half bottle of Tums by halftime. <laughs> All right, y'all. I look, I, and I'm not kidding about any of this. I'm just saying. So funny. <laughs> if, 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 you know, believe hot is hot. Mm-hmm. You know, that ain't nothing to play with. Nope. Now, I know I know some of you Koch listeners are going to listen to this and think, hmm, I want some of that salsa at your own risk. I'm going to make you sign a waiver. <laughs> you should. <laughs> I'm coming after you. Pay for the medical bills. <laughs> no, nah, I ain't paying for nothing. You going, that's on you. If you decide that you want to be about this life, look a, look about this. We will share 
and then you know don't don't come texting me. <laughs> don't come telling me about your frozen toilet paper now that you had to put in the freezer. This this is rough stuff. Uh, I'm just saying that part kills me. All right, you ready for the next segment? Yes, sir. Sure am. Next segment is word association. I'm going to say some words. You're going to tell me what comes to mind, and we'll talk about it a little bit. So, right. our favorite word to kick off with is food food uh community mm. community i like that yeah elaborate mm. um for me food is a really like social it's a very social thing it's a very um i love to feed people <clears throat> um having people in my home eating food that I've prepared for them is a really rewarding experience for me. And it's a way that I bring my community together. I love sharing recipes and trying new recipes. My husband and I love to cook together. We're always in the kitchen and it brings a sense of home and community for me. I think that food brings different communities together which I really love like my husband and I again when we travel like we love trying different types of food we try to go to diverse locations so that we we don't get the same old food that we get at home but we can try food from different cultures and different communities Um, so yeah that's kind of what comes to mind for me when I think about food you got a favorite spot around here no, I don't have a favorite spot. Like everybody asks that, um, and I I don't because it really depends on my mood and depends on I don't know what I'm hungry for. Depend, I just I'm very go with the vibe. So uh, we love the um, Bull Ninety One downtown. Like we go there a lot. Yes, yes. Um, we really love that that place. We love uh, Basil Cafe. Most definitely. Also that's really good, too. good. Yeah, right? that's really good. Isn't that good? Mm. I'm so sad when they close in the summer. Like, good for them. They need to do that. Um, but, yeah, when they close in the, close in the summer, it's sad. Um, but, yeah, community. Cocktail or beer? Cocktail, for sure. All right. For sure. I'm not much of a beer girl. Mm. It's too It's too bubbly. It's too filling. Once in a while, I get the urge, but cocktail, and I'm a vodka girl all the way. Facts. Mm. Mm. And I know we share we share a favorite drink, actually. Oh, vodka and vodka and seltzer, seltzer with a lime. Simple. Yeah, it's just simple. So good. It is so good. Refreshing. Mm. You can't you can't go wrong. You, you know what? Your body's never mad at you for that. Exactly. Exactly. And the bartender like can't screw that up. Mm. Right. No. As long as you give me good vodka, I'm good. It's got to be either Tito's or Grey Goose. Oh, my God. I think um, we're twins. Twins. Twinsies. Twinsies. Okay, that wins. That yeah. wins all day. All day. Mm-hmm. All right. Streaming. Streaming. Uh, what even was cable? Can we, like... Bruh. <laughs> <laughs> that's so true. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so true. Yeah, uh, what even was it? I feel like streaming is the way of life now. It just, 
everything's streaming. I don't. I mean, I remember a time when we didn't have streaming, but what even was that life? I think we had an episode not that long ago, and somebody talked about they were like working with students at the college level, and they brought up having cable, and they looked at them and like, <laughs> what is that, and why do you have it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was like, I never thought about it, but. You know, I pulled the plug a long time ago. Like, yeah, I, I got rid of cable a while ago and have been streaming for years. But I'm an early adopter, so. Mm. Yeah, we got we got rid of cable years ago, too. Uh, but my kids definitely grew up on it, on cable. But, you know, I feel like some young folks now probably didn't. Like, our elementary school kids, middle school kids now mm. definitely yeah. didn't. They're not going to know what cable was. No. Oof. Again, when did I get this old? <laughs> we we ain't old. We young. When did we get this? Are we young? seasoned? Um, well seasoned. Well seasoned. <laughs> I like that. Told you I like cooking. <laughs> Make me sound like a yummy chicken wing. <laughs> chicken wing. Chicken wing. <laughs> All right. Um, shop local. Essential. Absolutely essential. Um, I love to shop local. When I can, uh, again, when Jim and I, my husband and I travel, we try to find uh, small businesses that we can support. I was, I just took a vacation with my my best friend uh, for a week. My birthday was earlier this month, and I went uh, hiking for a week. We went up to Pictured Rocks, and then we went over to the Apostle Islands, and. We really, when she and I go and we travel too, we really focus on finding the local small shops to support. Um, because I feel like big stores like Amazon and Walmart and Target, right, they, they, they've taken over and it doesn't, doesn't support our local community. It doesn't sh- support our local people. Um, and as a fellow small business owner, it's within my value system to to support, and I know the value in supporting small business. Um, there are all kinds of like online telehealth, in, mm, telehealth therapists um, companies out there that really only pads the pockets of really big organizations, and um, really. When you shop local, when you use a local therapist, when you go to a local boutique, you're putting money back in the community's pocket into the people around you. And that's really important in my value system. So, see, I don't know how I would feel about like trying to talk to somebody over the whatever, uh, whether it's computer or phone about Mm. my problems, you know, and I can't look them in the eye. To sure. know what they're thinking when I'm telling them about my problems. Yeah. Well, I, I do a blended approach. So telehealth works really well for some people. So I I do do telehealth. Um, I, I offer being able to meet over the computer. I don't do phone uh, for that very reason. I want to be able to see, see your face. Um, but I do offer that, and it allows me to see people out of this immediate area. Yes. Um, now so that I can see the value in. Yeah, like I have um, a lot of people from Milwaukee that I see from Madison. I was thinking rural. Yeah, and 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 a lot of rural communities, like the out, even like the outskirts of Oshkosh, and I I see some people from like Sheboygan and Lamira and like little 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 towns. Um, 
so yeah, it absolutely helps to um, increase access. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, get rid of barriers. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I have a, like a few favorite spots that I love to shop local. I actually just found one yesterday. Mm-mm. So I'm going to do a little early shout out, I guess. Bruh. Boop, boop. Okay. <laughs> um, so I have a, a personal trainer, uh, Tommy Jordan. Hello. Um, and his wife, uh, runs Bluebird Boutique in Menasha. Super cute. Tons of different kinds of stuff from home decor, kitchen stuff, clothing, shoes, like the perfect little boutique. She's got everything. I stopped in there yesterday. Jim, don't look at her bank account. (laughs) (laughs) Just so you know who Jim is, that's her husband. My husband. That's right. Don't look at her bank account. Mm -mm. Um, It's great. It's so great. And, and. Her name is Wendy. If you go in, say hi to her. She's just the sweetest little thing ever. Um, so found that. We'll be going back for sure. Another little, bo- well, it's not really a boutique, but um, it's called the Yield Goat in Appleton. It's like a, it's kind of a hard place to explain, but it's this big space that people who make things or collect things or refurbish things have stalls. They have like little booths and they go in um, and they put their stuff out there and you can shop the whole space. Um, But each booth you're supporting somebody different. Um, And there's all kinds of different things in there. Lots of different home, home goods, candles, waxes, some clothing, like handmade things, refurbished stuff. Um, It's, Antiquey stuff. It's a really a cool shop. So I love that place a lot. Spend a little bit too much time in there too. <laughs> <laughs> what are you trying to say, Katie? Um, I got a little problem. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. All right. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Um, mental health. Hmm. Uh, health. Right. So. A lot of times we separate mental health from the idea of health in general. Um, And it's all health. It's all health. If your mental health isn't straight, your physical health isn't straight. Uh, we, We know that having mental health issues or illnesses has a direct link to our physical health, to... Facts. Yeah, right? To blood pressure, to... Um, heart disease to even to things like asthma and IBS, um, irritable bowel syndrome. Um, there are direct links to our physical health and in our body, our body is one, is one unit. Everything impacts everything else. If your gut health isn't right, that impacts your mental health. Like everything is linked. And I think we need to stop thinking about these as separate pieces and figuring out how we we have whole body wellness, so our whole body can have a state of homeostasis. It's mental health is health. That is such big facts. Yeah. And I always just think of it like if your mind ain't right, the rest can't be right. Mm-hmm. To me, it starts there, right? Yeah. Like it doesn't even matter. Like you could be the healthiest, physically healthiest person ever, but if the mind ain't right, you can't even enjoy your physical right. health. 
That's right. So yeah. it just starts there. Absolutely. You know, and most of us, you know, none of us love like going to the doctor or that kind of thing. But if you've got a broken arm, you're probably going to go see the doctor. If you've got something going on in mentally for you, why do we have such a stigma around going to get help for what's going on for us mentally? It's it, There's no difference. You know, taking care of our mental health like you take care of your heart or your muscles or anything else. That's a, that's a really, really good point. I don't know. Um, maybe mental health, like the fixing of things mentally, doesn't feel as tangible as like the broken arm. But people that I know that see therapists, like, Mm-hmm. They're like they're not. Of course, of course, nothing a hundred percent fixes you, um, but it very much seems like they're in a better mental space. They're happier, and when things happen to them, it feels like they're equipped with tools to be able to maneuver better or maneuver differently. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that that's true, and I would argue that. Like mental health and mental illness is tangible. It very much is. Like, I'm gonna call myself out here a little bit, but <clears throat> I deal with anxiety, right? I'm a therapist. I also have my own therapist, which, if you're a therapist, I feel like you should be seeing a therapist too. Um, but when I am feeling anxious, that is very tangible. I very much feel that in my body. Facts. Right? Like, there's clearly something not working the way that I want it to be working, just as if I had a broken arm, my arm isn't going to be working the way I want it to. Right. It, is, it is tangible, but I, I get the point of it's less tangible than a broken arm, right? Like, And I can, people do ignore their mental health for an extended period of time, whereas if I ignore a broken arm and I'm not going to be able to use it, that's going to impact me immediately. Mental illness, I think people try to hide. And that's probably it. Like, you have the ability to hide that. Mm-hmm. Or not really. You're really not hiding it. You're trying to you're hide trying it. You're trying to hide it, right? right. You're Eventually. not really hiding it. Yeah, you're not. You're not. And you're and you're hurting yourself, right? The longer we, we put these things off, the worse they get, the harder they get to deal with. If we do reach a point of reaching out for help, like, these patterns are so old and they're so ingrained it takes a lot of work. I mean, it always does, but you know what the difference is not, I just thought about this. You know, the difference is like, if you have a broken arm, you're really the only one suffering. Mm. But if your mental health isn't right, there's many people who could be suffering. Could your be. family and children and coworkers. And like, mm-hmm. it could really be taking effect to a lot of other people's. It, it, it could be widespread. It could be. It definitely could be. Um, I think I think our mental health issues or illnesses do spread further than we maybe think they do, um, or they have an impact around us in ways that we don't recognize. Um, but I would also argue that mental illness very much hurts us, and it hurts us before it hurts anybody else, typically. Mm-hmm. Um, Facts. But... Yeah, it's it's hard it's hard to say for sure, but mental health is just health. And I think the sooner we start thinking about it as one whole unit, maybe the the quicker the stigma starts to change.
community. Critical. Mm. Critical. Um, yeah, critical. I, And this kind of touches on what my topic is a little bit later. Um, and, I mean, if you remember what I said about food, right? Like, I also use the word community. Um, because community is, is so critical, linking it again back to our mental health, critical for our own well-being. We need people. We as humans are biologically wired to need other humans. Mm-hmm. Right? Again, <laughs> just facts. Um, and when we don't have that, we see isolation. We see increase in depression, anxiety, we see identity issues, uh, imposter syndrome. We see illnesses like uh, alcoholism and drug abuse um, because there isn't that sense of community and belongingness. Um, community is absolutely crucial to us as human beings. That makes so much sense. All right. That was good. (laughs) That was good. All right. We're on fire. We're on fire. Okay. Um, We're going to move into the next segment. And the next segment is Kosh Hidden Gems. Mm. Um, What do you have? Um, Well, I kind of gave away one of my hidden gems, Bluebird Boutique. Literally a hidden gem that I just discovered yesterday. I mean, I knew about it, but I found it yesterday. Um, The other one is produce with a purpose. Um, Produce with a purpose is um, an organization that provides clean, safe, nutritionally rich vegetables and fruits, and sometimes they have bakery things to this local community. They've also been really active in West Africa since like 2001, where they help um, to create opportunities for small farmers um, in a few of the countries in West Africa to um, help support their businesses and help support those local communities. Um, Yeah, so I love Produce with a Purpose. We uh, often get a lot of our fruits and veggies from there. You can do... You can sign up. I think it's if you sign up by Tuesday, you can even get like your box of things delivered to you if you live like in a certain area, like local area. Um, and you pick what you want. They, like I said, they've got fruits and veggies, meats, bakery items. Um, you pick what you want, and then it shows up on your doorstep on Thursdays. I think. Please check their website because I could be wrong on those dates, but or days of the week, but. Um, I, everything I've gotten from there has been amazing. Okay. We'll, we'll make sure we need to put a link to that in our podcast. Notes. Yeah, absolutely. Have you ever heard of them? No. Oh, okay. Yeah, All right. They're really good. They, they go to the um, Appleton Farmer's Market sometimes. I've seen uh, them there, so check them out there too. Let me tell you something about me in timber and farmer's market experiences. There's a couple of things that I'm being uh, beelining for. I am <laughs> The all, burritos. Uh, burritos, egg rolls, yes. Caribbean food. I, let's just say food. Food. 
food. Right. I'm at farmer's markets for food and for additional ingredients that we may need for our salsa, <laughs> which you have now learned about. No more peppers. Hey, look, we don't buy peppers. Yeah. We grow peppers. And our peppers are problems you don't want. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. Well, we have to freeze our toilet paper. That's a problem. Bruh. <laughs> All you right. love Caribbean food. You know, um, oh, what's the name now? Taste it, Caribbean taste. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Love their food. Area 509. Oh, That's so the good. restaurant. Yeah, Area yep. 509. Yep, mm-hmm. yep. Reggie. Um, yep, mm-hmm. Reggie's the man. Shout out, Reggie. Shout out to Reggie. Shout out to Roxanne. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Delicious. It is delicious. Dang it. I might have to go get some of that today. Okay. That's probably sitting at our farmer's market this mm-hmm. week. Probably. Yeah. I love that they travel around. Yeah. Okay, so the next segment is, what does the Kosh need? Um, this also touches on what my topic is for the week, but I think the Kosh needs a peer-run support group for biracial women. Um, yeah, like I said, I'm going to talk a little bit more about that, but I think this community is... A really underrepresented, under-supported group, um, community that really could benefit from a space of their own. Mm. I I have so much to say about that, but mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to. We're gonna hold that for Let's talk later. About yeah, we're yeah. gonna talk about that. All right. Yeah. Um, you know what we're gonna do right now? We're gonna take a quick commercial break. Hi, I'm Dawn Gulke, the Executive Director of Casa of the Fox Cities. Science proves that one consistent adult can change the story of a child. Could that one person be you? Become a court-appointed special advocate. Build a relationship with a child, help identify their needs, and give that child a voice in a process that can otherwise feel lonely. Contact us today. Children who have experienced abuse and neglect can't wait. Learn more about Casa of the Fox Cities at casafc.org or call Leah at 920-257-4733. All right. Y'all know, uh, A, I'm a huge supporter of Casa of the Fox Cities, and B, I love, love, love playing that commercial every week because it makes me happy Mm -hmm. Um, because they do such good work. And let me put it out there to you, Kosh listeners. If anyone else would be interested in putting a commercial here on the Kosh, please, please, please do not hesitate to reach out to me at askthekosh at gmail.com. Once again, that is askthekosh at gmail.com. All right, Katie, you ready for the next segment? Sure thing. All right. Next segment is the Naughty Slash Heroes Corner. This is your opportunity to put someone in the naughty or the heroes corner. It doesn't, well, it's not, it doesn't have to be a person. It could be a thing. It could be an organization. It could be whatever you want it to be. What do you got for us? Okay. Um, I'm, I am going to throw out uh, the makers of this new Little Mermaid movie. Bruh. Have you have you seen the commercials? 
I haven't, here's what I'm going to tell you. I haven't seen any of the commercials, but I've seen all the memes. And it seems like there is a lot of people in their feelings. In their feelings. In their feelings about the fact that they have chosen who they have chosen to be the next Little Mermaid. What is the big thing? Here's what I don't get about that. You know what bothers me about that? What? Mermaids aren't real. (laughs) I know. So you're getting really upset about something that's not even real. Yeah. You don't know what a mermaid may be, look right. like, or whatever, but you're upset. Upset. Because the representation is shifting. Mm-hmm. But they're not even real. Nope, they're not even real. And you're in your feelings they're about it. They're not even real. So I, I, I'm in my feelings <laughs> over those people who are in their feelings. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm with you on that one. Um, however, for me, like... Representation matters so much, so much. For me, it was it was Oprah, it was Serena Williams, it was Brandy playing Cinderella, right? Like these black women that I was seeing on screen doing things that I grew up thinking only white women could do, right? Um, and Their representation helped to show me that I was capable of more than what the world was telling me I was capable of. And I think that this, I think that this uh, Little Mermaid movie and Halle Bailey um, being Ariel is that for young black women right now or young black girls right now. You couldn't have said it any better. Because I don't think uh, people who complain about this, I feel, are the same people that complain about other things like, well, if you just pull your bootstraps up. And what they don't understand is when you've not seen anyone else in those spaces or have done those things, you don't know that you can because usually there has been messaging or people who have told you you can't. That's right. That's right. And you, what, why don't you believe it? You know, why don't you believe you, you believe that stuff? Yeah, you do. Absolutely. And And this, this speaks to like imposter syndrome, right? Which I'll talk about in a minute, but this, this idea that you've entered into a space doing, doing something and feeling like you don't fit in, you, you, you're faking, like you're not, you're not as good as your, your counterparts because People have told you over and over again that you're not you're not meant for that space. I think imposter syndrome sometimes comes from a place where because no one was there before you and then they decide to invite you in. Yeah. You're not sure if you're supposed to be in. Yeah. So you spend a lot of times questioning that. Absolutely. As somebody who gets the opportunity to sit in some spaces that I'm not sure that other people that like me mm-hmm. have gotten the chance to sit in or haven't recently. Yep. Um, I'm constantly asking why me? Yes, absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, I, I feel the same way. I feel the same way doing the job that I do and owning a business, um, working, working with clients like in this, in this field that is very Caucasian dominant field. Um, if you look at all of our researchers and all of our, all the background for my profession, like it's 
white men, it's white women. You don't see a lot of contribution from people who look like me. So, of course, like that imposter syndrome sets in about do I do I belong in this space? Um, And I don't want that for our little black and brown girls to feel that way or, or and boys, you know, and boys, too. But I don't want that for them. And so I really appreciate that the makers of this movie took a <laughs> took a risk and put this out there because I know they're getting some backlash for it. Yeah, but I think I do think the nation is um, the nation. I would say that the nation is headed towards a reckoning, but I've actually think we've already had it. Mm. And now we're we're in we're in a transformational place like things are transforming Mm -hmm. there's an acknowledgement um and there's new faces there's new people in spaces they weren't before and um it's the it's changing it has to change right it's the it you can't even fight it anymore right right to fight it at this point you're only harming your organization or your business or your your personal self so true. So we're, true. We're international, y'all. Yes, we are. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the, we that's are. all it comes down to. We are. Right. Yep. yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that that was fantastic. Well, we are at that time, y'all. Um, it is one of my favorite times of the show. Well, it is the favorite time of the show, <laughs> if you actually think about it. And that is... It is time for the topic of the week. Katie, every week the, the guest picks the topic of the week. Um, what is your topic of the week? My topic of the week is um, the multiracial population and mental health. Now, y'all, I'm so excited about this conversation just because this is near and dear to my heart. I live this. um, And not only do I I live it personally, like that's my family, that's Mm -hmm. my daughter, but I also live it with I am in... um, relationships contact with with a lot of a lot of biracial people um and these conversations there's you know there's a lot going on there that's what i'm gonna say there's a lot going on and i'm gonna let this i'm gonna let this play out for what it is because i'm i'm so excited about this conversation yeah yeah i am excited about it too um so I think I will start with a little like personal share and story. Um, I I am a biracial woman. My my father is African American. My mom is Caucasian. Um, I did not grow up with my father or my father my paternal side um, a part of my life. I grew up in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Mm. Yeah, the sad state. <laughs> Um, in, in the nineties, um, when I was in school, especially like elementary, middle school, I was the only person of color, um, certainly the only biracial person. Um, as I went into high school, the numbers grew a little bit, but I, it was, it was just a handful of us with, with any melanin in our skin. Um, 
And I didn't, so I grew up in a really Caucasian community. Um, and I really struggled with my identity as a mixed race, multiracial person. Um, I certainly looked different than my Caucasian peers. I had nappy hair and my big old nose and my my caramel skin um, that got way darker when I when it was summertime. Um, and kids were cruel. Kids were really, really cruel. I wasn't I wasn't black enough for the black folks and I wasn't white enough for the white folks. And there wasn't a middle ground. There wasn't a community for me. Um, and so I just did the best I could, and I blended the best I could, and I just kept on moving. Um, but there, there, there wasn't ever a sense for me of my my black identity um, until much much later in life, and that that created a lot of problems for me. It's created a lot of imposter syndrome for me. I still carry around that internal narrative about not fitting, right? I know you and I've had those conversations about like not being not feeling black enough or not feeling white enough, not feeling like I have this space. Um so I have a lot of lived experience with this topic and it as a therapist it you know i i relate everything back to mental health <laughs> <laughs> so it's how i like visualize the world um but i know that in this community there are increased rates for depression and anxiety um and other mental illnesses because of this lack of community because we are constantly trying to wedge ourselves in to a world that isn't built for us, that, that doesn't hold space for people like us. Um, it wasn't, this is crazy to me, um, it wasn't until the year 2000 that the U.S. Census allowed for us to indicate more than one race. when mm, we, Facts. Right? Yep. Like how messed up is that? Very. 2000. <laughs> um, to me, that seems like, you know, built-in racial trauma. Like, I, I, I know I filled out lots of forms or documents that have asked for racial identity, and it says, pick one. Uh, that's really traumatic when you do that your whole life, having to decide which one you are more of. Um and I always refuse to do it. <laughs> yeah. I'm not much of a rule follower as it is. And I just refuse to do it. I always marked both. Um, and so when I when I was reading about reading about some of this and and remembered about the two thousand census change, like it really made me think about that racial trauma to be st- stuck there trying to fill out these boxes and to pick one. Um, in the U.S., our population of multiracial folks is really growing. Um, in 2010, there were 9 million people who identified as two or more races um, on the U.S. Census. In 2020, it measured 
33.8 million people in the U.S. I believe it's the fastest growing population. You are correct. You are correct. That's a 276% increase in 10 years. That's yeah. like, that's mind boggling to me. See, what I actually think happened was there was definitely growth. Yeah. But I also think some of those people became empowered to actually identify as such. Absolutely. I think that's true. You know, where you, because before they really, there was, like you said, pre 2000, basically it's like pick a team. Yep. Absolutely. So I think people are looking at these numbers thinking like, oh my God, there's this explosion of, Mm -hmm. which I do think there's that too. I do think there is, um, uh, more acceptance, um, more understanding, just not a big deal in interracial relationships um, in a lot of spaces, uh, a lot more spaces than there used to be. Um, But I think what has really happened is there's more people who feel empowered to actually identify who for who they really are or always were. Yeah, absolutely. Right. I mean, we talked about that at the very beginning with, older couples divorcing, right? Like they now have permission to do this, to evaluate their lives and to make a decision that this person isn't who I want to spend time with anymore. I think the same applies here. They finally have permission to identify as who they are and how they feel their representation is. And there's permission to actually do that. Um, So, you know, you talked about like things changing. I think things have changed, right? Like, they, they have changed. They hopefully will continue to do so, but um, they have they have definitely changed. Um, so, like, kind of going back to some of those numbers a little bit, um, of the people in the U.S. who have mental health um, concerns or illnesses, conditions, 25% um, of that population identifies as more than two races. Yeah. Right. It's a it's a large number of folks that, again, I think are really widely overlooked and there aren't communal spaces for these people Um, in in the valley. I don't know of a space. I don't I I don't know all of the valley, so I can't I can't say that there isn't. But I don't know of a space where biracial women can come together and have support. No, but I think it's necessary. And I really, really think it's necessary if one side of their identity might not have been as prevalent in their life, Mm -hmm. in their upbringing. Um, That's tough stuff. You don't, you, you, because you're trying to figure out another side and get, and one side can't explain the other side. Absolutely. Right. That's yep. not the one side's lived experience is not the other side's lived experience. Yeah. So you can't really do a great job when it comes to these kinds of things or interracial marriages or relationships um, to explain if there is a side who's not part of the, the, the upbringing. Mm-hmm. And so there's a huge there's a huge missing piece and I feel like but that missing piece is a big missing piece. Yeah, it is. 
it is a really big missing piece. Um, yeah, it it's it's a problem. <laughs> it's yeah. a problem. And and just because I've known others, um, I've known a number of um, people. Um, in particular, uh, I'm going to just go ahead and speak to it. Like I know multiple um, biracial women mm-hmm. in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, like it, it's, it hurts them. Yeah. Like there's this huge missing identity link and they're sorting through it. And there's a lot of um, what I would call life missteps. Mm. trying to figure out where they fit Mm -hmm. or just never or just never sorting it out and then overcorrecting one way or the other yeah yeah yeah. I feel that it gave me goosebumps um no I feel that a a big time do you feel like of the women that you know and have spoken to that um this ends up being missing fathers um I'm gonna say yes yeah, because I think that's the toughest one. And not always necessarily because the missing father chose to be missing. Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes yeah. there were decisions made where they did not allow. Mm-hmm. I I know people where um, the individual wasn't allowed to be part of their lives. Mm-hmm. I know an individual who did not find out they were biracial until now the appearance was there. The appearance yeah. was there. It was always there. You can't mm-hmm. not look at it, but they, the family chose to tell them that, that there was a person of color somewhere way down the family line, but you are not. Oh, wow. You are white. Oh, wow. And it all came out. And it really, that's messed up because it didn't come out while they were a kid. It came out like, late 20s think about how how that just oh my gosh (laughs) and so then you're i feel like you're put in a place where you're scrambling to figure out who you are right identity crisis you're in you're beyond an identity Mm -hmm. crisis and once again i do believe what happens sometimes is when you're trying when something happens Mm -hmm. to fix it a lot of times there's an overcorrection yeah yeah. Say more about that. Say more about what you mean by that. An overcorrection. So like, let's say you, and I'm just going to paint a scenario, but I'm not, I'm not painting a scenario of a specific person. Sure. And I want to be very clear about this. So let's say that you are a biracial young lady and you um, grew, grew up basically as a white, white woman. Yeah. Um, and, and but you thought you were, yeah. And then you find out you're not. So then you feel like, oh my God, I'm black. I need to learn everything mm-hmm. black. I need to do black things, whatever yep. that means. <laughs> I need to, yeah. I need to date black. I need yep. to, I just need to do blackity black black mm-hmm. black things yeah. because I now am black right now here's the messed up part about that and this is another thing about how we as america treat biracial children is we make them pick teams mm-hmm. and that ain't right no it ain't right because here's what i don't want i don't want an 
overcorrection because now this person who might be a grew up a white mm-hmm. woman is now a black woman. And what does that even mean? Yeah. Right. Right. Yep. And so then you're going to try to do everything like, and the worst part about that is, is a lot of times there's an, op- there's probably the possibility that they've grown up in a racial silo. Yeah. So then what they think becoming a black woman may mean yeah, is all of these stereotypes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not truly what it is mm-hmm. to be a black woman. That's right. And so that's what I mean. So that adds, it's complicated it and it's really, messy. It, yeah, it is. Well, identity is messy in the best of circumstances. For everyone. For every, every human everyone. walking this planet, right? Yeah. And then you add these complicating factors to it. And that's why we see such an increase in anxiety and depression. Like, imagine, imagine that. Imagine being told one day, oh, by the way... <laughs> This is your identity, or even if you knew all, 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 all your life, but you've been, you've been shoved into these silos, you've been made to pick teams and now you're, you know, 20 something and you're trying to scramble to, to have your own identity, to explore all aspects of who you are and you like imagine the anxiety that comes with that yes who am i what do i stand for like what is what does being white mean what does being black mean what does being both mean um and the depression that can can be built in with that of of feeling like your whole life was a lie feeling like somebody stole something from you um the the racial trauma is so complicated in these multiracial communities because of these other complicating factors and how the world how the world sets sets us up to have to choose. Right. Now, that being said, what I do want to celebrate though is I also want to celebrate those where I've seen it done. Mm. And I've seen these biracial young ladies and both parents were there. Mm-hmm. And not even necessarily together. Sure. But they were just there. They were able to maneuver in and out of those communities. And, you know, they knew who they were. They knew who their people were. They knew who their families were. They knew their history. They knew, you know, they just knew. They Mm -hmm. knew everything. And I have watched them become amazingly successful. Yeah. Because they they get it. Mm -hmm. They they can maneuver really well. Yeah. In both societies and both cultures. Yes. And they and then they're also really good at understanding other cultures. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. Cuz there's just this understanding. Like there's this 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 look of the world of like I get it. Like mm-hmm. I I know what this looks like over here and I know what this looks like over here. So you looking like that over there, I get it. It's 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 just difference. Yeah. But it's not bad. It's not negative. That's right. It's just different. Mm -hmm. And so when I've seen that done and done really well, those are some of the most successful individuals I know. Yeah. Yep. And I feel like this, the multiracial community really needs 
like speaking of biracial women specifically, like need those examples, right? Need that representation, needs connection to these really strong women who who can navigate both worlds, who are very solid in their identity as a biracial person. And that our community talking about like peer support, right? Needs these women. Yes. Now that I think is needed. Because yes. I just think, I don't know if anyone's ever thought of that as the an idea. Like every other um, identity group mm-hmm. has their support systems for it. But I don't, I've never seen it done for multiracial children. Yeah. But I feel like it's the fastest growing population in the country. Yeah, right. And and no one else would understand those stories mm-hmm. than those who are those stories. Right. Yeah. I mean, our multiracial youth are particularly susceptible to men- mental illness because of having to navigate school and pick teams and how do I interact with peers on both sides? The In terms of identity and puberty, like that's a freaking difficult time as it is to just be a human but you adding in this these racial complexities to that and their rates for mental illness skyrocket compared to their white peers um so yeah there needs there needs to be a space there needs to be a space for these folks yeah that support system just to say i get you i get why you feel what you feel yeah absolutely um let's let's vent this out let's talk this out this is what happened to me Mm -hmm. Um, this is what it looked like for me. I just think there's, there's this, I I really do feel like there's this hole and I just feel like, um, as there is, I, and I can't, I can't, I can't particularly say this for sure is factual, but visually there's an explosion of interracial relationships. Oh yeah. I would agree with that. And so like these children Mm. need a space them to process yeah they need each other they do they do they need each other absolutely i i I think about myself as a as a young person like if i had had if i had had a group of other kids that look like me man what life could have looked like how different things could have been how my own identity development could have been different or what also could be good is like if you had other kids that look like you mm. and you get to see and interact with them, then it's not such a big deal. No. Right. And then it's just, just is. It just is. Mm-hmm. And that's, a, that's what I always think people really want to get to the just is. Yeah. When we don't have to have these conversations, right. I think about that a lot. Like I hope at some point, we don't have to have these racial conversations because it just is. It's it just, just is. the reality. Yeah, just is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I'm really, you know, I'm really interested in this idea of a support group, a peer-run support group for biracial women. So let's put it out there. Yeah. So <laughs> if there is an interest, um, parents of biracial children interracial relationships by uh, biracial children yourself. If there is an interest in creating this support group, 
reach out to us. Uh, yeah. You can reach out to us here at the Kosh at ask the Kosh at gmail.com or even better, you could reach out to Purple Lotus Counseling. Yes, absolutely. Is this something we are we are we all in on this? We are we are in on this. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, yeah, feel free free feel to email me anytime. I want y'all to know, like, this is for real, for real. Like, for real. Uh, this is this was a conversation that came up, a deep conversation that came up, and um, it's been brewing. Yeah, it has been it has been brewing. Um, and I'm ex- I'm excited for this. So really, if if listeners are out there please reach out to timber or myself yes or in in for those who are friends of families as Mm -hmm. such um let's let's also think about that Mm -hmm. let's bring that in yeah i think there's just a great opportunity i agree all right that was amazing oh amazing that kind of felt good it did it felt real good all right (laughs) (laughs) all right y'all y'all know what time of the show this is it is time for us to start winding down. Thank you, thank you, thank you for coming in and spending time with us here at the Kosh and listening. Um, you know, we're a work in process. We're always, always trying to become better. And we can only do that from feedback from y'all. So please don't hesitate ever to reach out to us and let us know how we're doing. Um, I'm going to ask y'all to do some ratings. Can y'all, Kosh listeners, can you do me a favor? And do some rating, whether it's on Spotify or Apple Music or whatever, and, and rate this podcast. Uh, let us know how we're doing. Um, maybe it'll give us listeners or maybe it'll chase away listeners. I don't really know. But we'll take it either way. We'll take it on the chin and we'll get better at what we do. Um, don't hesitate to reach out to us. Also, if you would like to be a guest, always looking for amazing guests, let's talk. Let's talk and give voice to whatever is important to you or whatever you got going on. And let's share with this community. Um, so they know, like, that's the whole point of the cash It's the cash. Right. All right. Um, once again, that is askthekosh at gmail.com. That is askthekosh at gmail.com. Once again, you can also call and leave us voicemail. Yes, we have a phone number. <laughs> leave us these voicemails. Also, you can leave shout-out voicemails for us, too. If you leave us a shout-out voicemail, we will play it as is on the Kosh. Because, you know, that's my favorite part of the show. So, once again, that, that phone number is 920 nine two nine eight once again nine two zero three eight five nine two nine eight and then the last last thing that i always like to bring up every week is this there is cash gear you know this there's t-shirts there's hats and there's nothing that says that i support local than the cash t-shirts and hats because you truly are supporting local then. This is the podcast of local, supporting local, then wear the stuff of the local. Ah, you know what I'm saying? Go get you one. They're so nice, too. That's Go right. And one. let me tell you, I've been out at the farmer's market. And I said this is the top-notch farmer's market gear to say that, like, I'm truly supporting local. And yes. I have been out at the farmer's market, and, and every once in a while, I see it. You see one. So I want to give a special shout-out to Karen Schneider. She always be rocking it. I appreciate you out there making that happen on so many, so many levels. Um, So please reach out to us. Let us know. All right. Now. mm -mm. Oh, I feel it. 
Uh, I truly, truly feel it. It is my favorite part of the show. It is shout out time. Shout out time. That's right. So, Katie, what do you got? What do you got? Who are you shouting out? Uh, I'm going to, I don't mean to like toot my own horn because I'm part of this community, but I really want to shout out to my fellow mental health workers. Um, This... This time, the last few years have been insanely difficult on on my community. Um, and we've lost a lot of therapists because this work is hard. This work is really hard. And, you know, I think a lot of our healthcare workers, thank you, thank you, thank you, have gotten a lot of shout out and recognition for what they've done to help us all survive the pandemic and this life after COVID. Um, but... I want to really give a shout out to these mental health workers out here in our community who are doing the hard work and who are helping people figure out how to transition after a pandemic um, and figure out what life looks like. So shout out to all of you. I want to give a a special shout out to the women who work with me, uh, Jean and Katie. Thank you. Thank you for all the work that you do. Um, I love you guys. And I, I see all the hard work you put in and the sacrifices you make. So thank you that mm. let me uh cash listeners let me just say the, the there is fire energy in this room <laughs> fire all right um i got a list because uh, you know I, I of course you I, do I, well yeah well, <laughs> i'm gonna tell you how what happened see see i was supposed to we were supposed to have an episode the other week we had a communications complication i missed it so that means i'm basically getting two weeks of shout outs oh okay all right um, first of all, I'm going to send a special shout out to my last guest, Angie Lee, uh, a girl. Great episode. Go listen. Mm. Great episode, but more importantly, great person and the energy and the feedback you shared, like we can only get better. And I appreciate you out here doing this work on another level. You, 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 a different, you different, mm. you different, that good, different, um, Big shout out to the uh, planning committee for the Rhythms of the World and Casa Hispana's uh, Latino Fest. Like, those were amazing events. I got to go kick it at those. Go shake some hands, kiss some babies, just kick it with the Appleton community as a whole and anybody who came to visit. They do it so good. Like, not kind of good. Like, they, they really do put forth this effort to try to be inclusionary and and then people show up like it's one thing to throw the thing but it's another thing when the community shows up so big shout out to the community appleton community and surrounding areas that show up to support these things like that's the it's a big doggone deal um big shout out to uh chuck self a uh, mentor of myself. Appreciate you out there. Thank you for making time for me. Shout out to my man, Morgan. My man, Morgan hit me about something. There was something that happened in my life. Um, and I'm going to talk about it in a minute. And you know, somebody's good looking out when they just reach out to you and ask you if you good. Yeah. Like yeah, it ain't, it ain't that deep. Just the ass, and that's what he did. He just simply reached out out of nowhere and just said, you good? Mm. So, hey, I see you. I appreciate you. Um, And uh, this one hits heavy. Special shout-out to Casey Jackson. R.I.P. Rest well, my king. 
like Casey was close to me. Um, and you know how you have these people in your life. Like, like I'm not trying to pretend like we was the best friends in the world, but he was a consistent in my world. Mm-hmm. You know, I lived here for 30. He's been here as long as I ever remember. If I go out, he was always a friendly face. He was everywhere. And the minute I walked in a place, if I ever had any worries about if I was welcome there yeah. and he was there, I knew I was welcome there because he was there. Mm. Um, he was a great man. I'm so sorry for your loss. So I feel him. Um, shout out to the green and gold gala. Just went to that last night. So, uh, thank you for putting that on. That was an amazing event. Um, Shout out to the Sunshine Committee at the city of Appleton. (laughs) We just did some amazing things. Um, We put on this employee appreciation thing. And uh, sometimes you ever do something and like in your wildest dreams, um, it turned out way better than that. Yeah, absolutely. Like like that happened. (laughs) And so these ladies that I was on this this committee with and the plan and what we executed, they're just amazing people. So I just want to send a special shout out to them. And then my last shout out is going to go to uh, Alonzo Kelly, who invited me to the Green and Gold Gala and some conversations that I've had the opportunity to have with him recently. I'm hoping that we're going to get the collab. There might be another podcast in the near future. Hey. Oh, no, it's going to be real, real. Okay. That's what I'm saying. So, um, So that's it. And uh, I know it was a lot of shout outs, y'all, but you know what? I'd rather have a lot of shout outs than not give people their flowers mm. um, when you have the opportunity to. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay. Now we are at the end of the show and we got one last thing to do, Katie. <laughs> so let me break this down. You got three options. Yeah. Yes. So you, it is parting words of wisdom. Rhythm. Wisdom. Wisdom. (laughs) So, parting words of wisdom, or you can tell us what would your self today tell your 12 year old self? Or option C, all of the above. (laughs) So, okay. Um, Gosh. Um, I mean, the fact that that made me want to tear up, I feel like I gotta, I gotta pick that one. Um, what would I tell my 12 year old self? Girl, you got this. (laughs) Um, my life grown up was not easy. And there were many points in my life that I didn't think I was going to see tomorrow. Um, and I would tell her to keep fighting, to stay true to who you are. I, I tried to be everybody but me for a long time and I suffered because of that. So I would tell her, be true to who you are. Stay strong. One day it won't feel like this. And you're going to find your people. Yeah. <laughs> the energy. 
what you think. I think about what? <laughs> I can't think right now. I'm emotional. The cash. I love the cash. Thank you, Timber, for having me on. I'm sorry it took me so long to get my butt down here. This was an amazing experience, and I love your podcast.